Father, by your Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome your presence. Father, the most important reason why we come to church on Sunday and midweek and do our devotions and prayer time and do whatever we do is that we can be in your presence. That we can do the work you've called us to do by the grace upon our lives, by your presence and your empowerment and your favor. And we thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Yeah, I learned a long time ago never to get worked up about people. Amen? We have a little motto around this church. Amen? Here, here, here's the motto I created many, year, many, many years ago, and I teach the people in this church that. I said, you know, because I'm human, because our pastors are human, at some point, we are going to disappoint you. But... Because you're human, at some point, you're going to disappoint us. So we formed a policy around Capital City Church based on this principle. Anyone know what it is? Let's all cut each other some slack. Let's just love people and understand everybody is human. Don't go judging people on their negative, by negative traits. Th believe for them through the love of Jesus. Life is so much easier that way. Amen? Praise the Lord. So I want to share a message with you. And if you've been around this church for a little while, you'll likely know exactly what I'm going to share this morning. Because it's September. So what would that be? Happy New Year! You say, Happy New Year? Yeah, every organization knows that September is like New Year's. So I call this one Happy New Year too. It's like the second chance to get it right. Amen? Hallelujah. Now I'm just picking on you there a little bit. But you know, you might have said, I had some plans this year. I had some big plans this year. I was going to do this. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. And maybe you look at the plans and you say, but they're just... I don't think I got there yet. Happy New Year. You got three, four months, four months to get her done. Amen? I, I got here that how important it is a time to restart, refresh, reboot, and finish strong. Amen? See, see, you have a choice to make. Do you know how much good stuff can happen in four months? You don't need 12 months to get her done. With the power of the Holy Ghost, see... There's this Pentecostal pastor, and he was sitting in my office one time. He said something that I've never forgot. He says, Mike, you know, 30 seconds with the Holy Ghost beats 30 hours of counseling any day. Do you know what God can do with 30 seconds of your life in his presence? Do you know how things can change this morning forever in your whole life? Amen. See, there's a lot of people, they're still caught up with all the past. They're caught up with all this. They're trying to do everything in the natural and their own strength and their own, and they're tired and they're worn out and they're discouraged, depressed and disappointed. And you know, again, if you've been around here, anything with DIS is of the devil. Discouraged, disappointed. Amen. Divided. Distressed. 
It's all rooted in fear. Amen? But a few seconds with God, a touch of an anointed hand, and everything can change. So say Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Four months? Amazing things can happen in the next four months. Amen? What's been God doing to us? Have you been recognizing we've had an amazing year on Capital City Church? Absolutely amazing year. Praise the Lord. The power of God. Our worship is going to a whole new level. The word, the worship, the presence of God has been absolutely amazing this year. I don't know about you, but I'm so excited to come to church on Sunday. I'm so excited. I'm excited for midweek. I've been doing a lot of the midweeks this summer. I just love midweek service. You know, midweek service is amazing. Because here, here's, here's, again, I'm just going to give you some my mottos, my philosophies on midweek service. You know, we pray. You know, we do Bible study. We do worship. My philosophy on midweek service has always been the same. 90 minutes for the Holy Ghost to do whatever he wants. That's why I think of midweek service. I love midweek services. My goodness, what God can do in the middle of the week. Amen? Because he's moving. He's doing powerful things. We've been hearing a lot about faith, hope, love, grace, faith, righteousness. We call that the New Testament reality. It's getting a reality, a revelation of what happened at the cross and the life we can live as a Christian. I tell you, every year, and I've been at this for 34 years now, every year I get a fresh revelation of what it means to be a New Testament Christian. Oh, you don't want to live an old wine. You want to be getting new wine. Find out what it is to live with the finished work of the cross. Live by grace and live by faith. I tell you, when I realize that I live by the finished work of the cross, that faith is actually, it, it, it's the, the stopping point of faith, the starting point of faith is everything Jesus did for me in the cross. When I finally, finally realized one day that my faith has an end game. It's not just I'm speaking out into the air hoping for the best. No, I'm speaking exactly what Jesus did for me in the cross, and I can have it because faith is believing and speaking. I can have it. Say, I can have it. Because Jesus already did it. That's the New Testament. It's grace. It's faith. It's His unconditional love. It's amazing. It's so wonderful to be a Christian today. And I want you to be so excited because everyone, so many people in this world, they want to drag you down. They want to put you down. They want, oh, yeah, you're one of those Christians. I'm glad you noticed. The best one is you're one of those fundamentalists. Absolutely, I study the fundamentals of my New Testament all the time. Or someone says, you're very narrow-minded. Praise God, I'm the most narrow-minded person you've ever met because Jesus says, narrow is the way that leads to salvation. I'm not going to the left. I'm not going to the right. I'm going straight down that narrow road, and I'm going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? I'm not apologizing. The Bible says I'm not ashamed of this gospel of Jesus Christ. But then Paul says in verse 17 of John, Romans 1, 17, but everything goes from start to finish by faith. By start to finish, by faith we live. Amen? I want you to see how important this is. Now, I started out the new year. I, I had the honor of preaching the first Sunday of, of New Year's 
of this New Year's. And I, I came and I preached that Jesus is the hope of all the world. Amen? And for time, I won't read the whole text I have here, but in Matthew chapter 12, verse 21, it says, and his name will be the hope of all the world. Jesus' name is the name, the hope of all the world. And I, and I don't want you to take this wrong, but I want you to see yourselves today as a hope dealer. There's a lot of dealers out there. There's car dealers, drug dealers, all kinds of dealers out there. But I want you as a Christian to see yourself today as a hope dealer. Your job, your ministry is to deliver hope to everybody around you. And the purpose of this church is to bring hope to the hopeless. This is a beautiful church. This is a great church because we fill everybody with hope. Everybody who will come and listen, they get hope. And I tell people, if you just hang around a little bit, you'll be changed because you'll hear about hope when the world's talking about hopelessness. See, the world is crying out. Can there, is there anybody who knows what's going on? Is there anybody who's happy anymore? Yeah, we are. Who's got hope? We got hope. Why? Jesus is our hope. We don't place our hope in man. We're not putting our hope in politicians. We're not putting our hope in money. We're not putting our hope in how much we own or don't own. We're putting our hope in Jesus and him alone. My friends, yeah, I agree. Praise the Lord. My hope is found in nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Do you remember singing that in church? Amen. Hope. Say hope. The greatest thing the world's needing right now is hope. And this year, 2023, is our year of hope. But it's not for us just to have it and keep it to ourselves and keep it in our house and keep it in our church. It's to give it to people all around. Because, you know, if you're out at work, you find some hopeless people. You find some people who are hurting. Got people with bad doctor's reports. Well, I'm going to challenge you. Tell them about your church. See, buddy, you need hope. And let me tell you where I find my hope. I find my hope in my church every Sunday morning. I find my hope in my church at midweek service. I find my hope in the Word of God. My friend, you need what I found. And I found it at my church. And I'm going to invite you. I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bribe you. But you need to come to church. And you need to get in the presence of God. Because the presence of God will change you. Amen? This is our purpose. This is our mandate. This is why we're saying Happy New Year. Because I believe we have a great mandate right now. Amen? Jesus is the answer. And my friends, can I just lock it in? He is the only answer. There's no other answer in the whole, this whole earth. Jesus is the answer to everything because he did everything for us on the cross. The funny thing about when it says Jesus, the hope of the world, some people think that's talking about the earth. It's not talking about the earth. 
The earth has no problems right now, my friends. No matter what they tell you, the earth has no problems. Why? Psalm 24, verse 1 tells us, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. My friends, the earth, the planet earth, has no issues whatsoever. There's enough of everything. It's not going to blow up. CO2 is not going to take over. Amen. I don't care what the environmentists say. This earth is just fine until we are taken off this earth. Amen. And don't buy into it. Don't worry about all the other stuff they're talking about. The forest fires are not from the environment. I like the Premier of Alberta. They tried to, they tried to, they tried to get her on this one. They said, Premier, there's 600 forest fires burned in your, in your province. What do you think? How is that a tribute to climate change? She says it doesn't. She says, our investigations show over 500 of them were man-made set by people not obeying, not light a fire. She says, there is no environment problem with forest fires. It's a man problem, a disobedience problem, a rebellion problem. I'm adding words to her right now, but that's what she meant. Amen? So when you say Jesus is the hope of the world, the world always refers to people. It's like when you say the word nation. Amen? The nation of Canada is the people of Canada. It's not the, the earth part of Canada. So when, when, we, when Jesus is the hope of all the world, can I just let you know that Jesus is not so concerned with the earth. He says, Dad's got that taken care of. My dad's got the earth taken care of. I'm not the hope of the earth, of the dirt. I'm the hope of the people of the world. My friends, we have to be concerned and we have to be focused and giving hope to the people around us. Jesus is concerned with the people around us, the hurting people around us. See, if we ever get to the place where we're not concerned about hurting people, the unsaved, the ones who are going through it around us, if we ever get to that point, you know what we've become? We become religious. We become selfish. It's all about me and sneaking into heaven myself. But see, the reality is you're not supposed to sneak into heaven. You're supposed to bring an entourage. See, Peter, Peter Patterno and myself and my other friend Peter, we were on a motorcycle trip this week. This week. We went up to Valdor, uh, Rouen, Naranda, over to North Bay, home, about a thousand, just under a thousand mile ride. And it was beautiful, except for the hour and a half of rain. But anyways, the rest was beautiful, except for some of the cold. It was beautiful. And we like motorcycling, don't we, Peter? We love the motorcycles. We love just going there, coming out of these curves and just putting it right down to the, bringing her out of the, oh, it's so nice. But let me tell you, the most beautiful thing happened on that trip, happened in New Liskard. We stopped there, New Liskard, Tim Hortons for coffee. We had coffee and a donut. Don't judge me. Amen for lunch. Amen. But then Peter said, I just got to stretch my legs. This Peter, not the other Peter. There's two Peters. Amen. And so this Peter says, I got to stretch my legs. And he walks out and goes around. There's two guys with Harleys drive in. They drive in and from local area, Peter then starts talking to him. Salesman of all salesmen. Yeah? He starts talking to him. And then we come out, and we start talking. 
And they say, hey, you got some time? Yeah, we got an extra hour or so. Why don't we take you around the tours? We'll show you the biggest mansion in all of Canada, 65,000-foot mansion that's, to, that's, a, that's empty up there. We'll show you this. We'll show you the silver mines. We'll drive you through cobalt. Oh, that's awesome. But we got to the mansion. And I couldn't get it off my heart. I don't think these two are saved. I don't think they're saved. And so my line is, we're CCR, Canadian Christian Riders. Is there any Christian riders around this town? We'd love to start a chapter here. Oh, I don't think there's many Christian riders. I said, you could be one, you could be two right here. With a prayer, you could be one. And guess what happened a few minutes later? The two guys became Christians. They got born again. Amen. And it was amazing. It was fun. And the next morning, we're not talking about the ride. We're talking about, wasn't that amazing? Wasn't it amazing that these two guys gave their heart to the Lord? And maybe we'll have a Canadian Christian writer chapter with those two guys doing it in New Liskert. Amen? I just want to see how, I want to say, your focus has to be on people. Amen? The purpose of our church, the purpose of our church is to be a place of hope a place of help, a place, and this is what we want to talk about as New Year. We want you to make sure you're focused. In Luke chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus had just come out of the wilderness experience, defeated the devil, went into Nazareth, his hometown, went into the synagogue on the Sabbath because he knew he had to go to church on Sunday. I know it was Saturday, but you know what I mean. Verse 17, the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. This is so powerful. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently because he said something important. Then he began to speak to them. This scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Wow. He says, you know what he's saying? From now on, this is available. Amen? In the church, in the synagogue, he said, this is why we're here. Amen? He's been said, I've been anointed. You've been anointed. Jesus says, you'll do greater things than me. If he's been anointed, you've been anointed. You've been empowered by God's grace to bring hope to people all around you. You have it. It's amazing. Have you ever, have you ever heard someone talking and you know you should witness to them? What's the first thing that comes? Fear of rejection? They're going to say no? Have you ever stepped over that and seen God move? That's the goal. That's the goal. Because we all, will, will be, we all will face some kind of fear when God says go. I still do. But when I step, God steps with me. And that's the thrill. That is the thrill of being a Christian. That we have the power. Even Jesus said it to Peter and the apostles, who you forgive is forgiven. Have you ever thought about that? Who you talk to about Jesus 
You can you can, you give them forgiveness. You're like you're saying you're forgiven. You're telling them they're forgiven. Who are you to say to someone you're forgiven because you just accepted Jesus? Jesus, who you forgive, I forgive. Isn't that powerful? That we have a gift inside of us to say because you accepted Jesus, you're now forgiven and going to heaven. And Jesus empowered us to do that, to, to help people, to assure people. And that's where the thrill of our Christianity is. He says you're called to proclaim, to tell, to invite, bring, bribe, I even said. So how do you bribe somebody? Come to church, I will buy you lunch. A good lunch. Where do you want to go for lunch? I will buy you lunch. Oh, but that'll cost me money. Of course it will. Everything that's worth something costs you something. Even David and Abraham said, I will not take something for nothing and give it to the Lord. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you your money. It might cost you your reputation. My friends, we lost our reputation the day we got born again. I'm like Jesus with no reputation. Could care less what you think of me. Amen? Oh, it's so free when you don't care what people think of you. I tell you, too many people care what you think of them. Forget it. Just go serve Jesus. Love Jesus. You'll find your friends. Amen? He says, so the captives are released. This is our job. Captives are released. Blind can see. Oppressed, set free. People live in the favor of God's. And I want you to start thinking. Have this phrase locked and loaded. I will bring hope to the hopeless. My mandate, my job, my purpose on life, why I live, breathe, and have my being as a Christian, why I live, why I go to work, why I do whatever I do, my job is to bring hope to the hopeless. When I come across someone in a hopeless situation, I am mandated, graced, empowered by God to tell them where I found my hope. Amen? I'm not saying preach them, preach them. Tell them your story. Don't, don't twist their arms to come to church. Just tell them, you know where I found hope? You know what changed my life? Someone invited me to go to my church. And I didn't think much of it. I didn't even want to go, but there were a friend that said I should go. Make it like that. And I went. And I can't believe it. Everything changed in my life. And I want this the same for you because I care. Remember we had a lady in the church many years ago. She came to me broken. Her father was passing away with cancer. She knew he wasn't saved. She says, Pastor Mike, will you come and share the gospel with him? I said, I certainly will. Then the wisdom of God took over. But I said, but there's a better way. She says, what's that? I said, I want you to go see him after church today. And I want you to start out with this. Daddy, call him Daddy, I love you. And Daddy, I want you to be in heaven with me. What's that? Compassion. That's love. She says, Daddy, I want you to. So she followed this little script I gave her. Daddy, I want you to be in heaven with me. I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you know what Daddy did? 
Daddy can't say anything no to his little girl. You know that, little girls? You know that the power you have over daddy? <laughs> Amen? Amen? Melissa says, Daddy, done. How much, how much is it going to cost? Amen? It's, it's the way it is. still is. Amen? I want you to see something. When you show compassion, love, and give people hope, they melt because they don't, they've not been seen it anywhere. We have something to give the people. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 16, he says, going down, I'm not going to read it all for time. He says, verse 15, but who do you say that I am? See, the greatest thing that we as Christians have to learn is who is Jesus to me? Whoever Jesus is to you, you will show Jesus to others. See the difference? If Jesus is just your ticket to heaven and you, stump and you, you, you punch the ticket, then you won't tell anyone else about Jesus. But if Jesus transformed your life and he's done my life, he's touched me and changed me, I just, you got to tell people. You can't let someone else go to hell. Well, you're going to heaven and you know how to get them to heaven. It's not fair. It's not right. The church's job, the people who make up the church's job is to be telling people about Jesus. Amen? And a lot of you are doing that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're not doing it. That's why people are coming to church. You're bringing people to church. But you know what? I just think we just have to stir it up inside of us to go to a new level because there's still empty chairs. And we're still only at one service on a Sunday. And this church has no problems. We have capacity to go to 2,000 people. Easy. 2,000? You only got 250 chairs out. We can put more. We can do more services. I've always had a dream of doing Friday night, Saturday night, two on Sunday morning, one on Sunday night. Turn 400 people every time. That's 2,000 people come to church. There's lots of room for growth. There's lots of room to bring. We'll never run out of space. Amen. There's a church in New York City that does 40 services every week. The people that get their ticket and seat number, that's where you're sitting this week. I'd love that. How many thousands of people's lives would be getting affected every week? And it all starts by each one of us saying, you need to come. You need to get hope. Amen? See, this is what it's about. Jesus said in verse 18, And I also say to you, Peter, and on this rock, on the revelation that I'm the Christ, I will build my church. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You see, the church isn't losing. The church is winning. Do you know other places in the world? Do you know around the world Christianity Born again, spiritual. This type of church is the fastest growing religious organization in the world. Do you know Indonesia, which is the number one Muslim country in the world, the most Muslims in one country live in Indonesia? Mark Davy told us that now, they, their last survey is there's more born again Christians in Indonesia than Muslims. 
My friends, all over this world, people are going out giving hope. They're giving hope, and people are coming to Christ. And we need to make sure we're doing the same thing in Canada. Things are changing. The fastest growing church in the world? Come on, someone tell me where it is. Iran. Where's the second fastest growing church in the world? Afghanistan. What? God is doing amazing things. People are coming to Christ by the millions, by the millions. There's hundreds of millions. There's close to a billion born-again Christians on this earth. Growing every day. Because people are going out there delivering hope. My challenge to you is just share. Share your faith. Tell someone what you've got. Invite, bring, bribe. You know what I mean. Amen? So important. Now, there's two tools that we use in our church. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I think I'm going to teach you on a midweek service sometime. But they're the, the gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But you can look, find them in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For time, I don't have time to get into it. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 11 are the, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's how God speaks to us. That's how God empowers us, heals us, delivers us. That's how God fixes us up. Amen? But then if you go to Galatians chapter 5, this, this is even more important for you. Remember when I was born again, first got born again, I started reading about the gifts and I started reading the fruit. That time we were going to this, this church, but I had a little, we had an old farmhouse. And I wrote out the nine fruit and I wrote out the nine gifts and I put these pieces of paper on either side of the kitchen sink. So whenever we were doing the dishes, we could look at the nine gifts and the nine fruit. Because I, I didn't understand it, but I felt they were therefore very important to me. I found out that if I would just take the time to develop the fruit, the gifts will always follow. Some people want the gifts, but the fruit is what's important. What is the fruit? The character of Jesus being built in you. This is the most important thing we need, you see, in life, is the character of Jesus. But the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those nine qualities, nine characteristics. These nine qualities and characteristics are the nine main qualities of Jesus, characteristics of Jesus. They need to be developed. They need to be developed. They don't come automatically when you get born again. The Bible tells us we have to renew our mind. It tells us do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed though, by the renewing of your mind, by changing the way you think, Romans 12, 2. But see, it's so important that you and I understand the need to be that transformation going on every day. Fruits, it's amazing how fruit works. We have three apple trees in our backyard. Well, I don't have to make anything grow. We just pick the fruit. We were eating the fruit. Levi was eating, just picked an apple off the tree and was eating that apple. Amen? <laughs> He was, see, because we don't have to do anything. That fruit just grows automatically. When the sun, the rain comes, enough nutrition, the fruit just comes automatically, and pretty soon the trees are hanging on the ground full of fruit. How do we grow? How do we grow in the fruit? How do we start looking more and more like Jesus? This is really the purpose of this message. How do we become that witness of Jesus to people who are looking for hope? How do we become the hopeful people? By a, the fruit of the Spirit. 
Amen? I want you to see how important this is. That you and I are developing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The nine main qualities of Jesus. You see, the gifts are important, but the fruit should precede the gifts. Amen? And that's why I want you to see this, how important this is this morning. We bring hope or hopefulness to people who don't have it. Amen? I want you to see how important it is this morning that we are the shining light of Jesus on this really dark earth. We have to understand that God has designed the church. Jesus is building his church as the light high on the hill, shining out for everyone to see. It's so, it's so important. This midweek service, two midweek services ago, I just came out and I said, we minister with the gifts, but we build on the fruit. And that was a keeper. We minister on the gifts, with the gifts, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the anointing, the grace of God. But we build our lives on the fruit. My friends, it's so important. And here's the main purpose of today's message. Church. I've had people coming to church, and I get talking to them. People are wonderful, you see. For the last few weeks, I've been talking to people, and I've been saying, you know, the preaching's good here. We hope it is anyways. Hope you like it. The worship's been off the charts lately. The coffee shop's open. Everything's free. We have ushers. We have kids' church. We have all the things we need to call ourselves a church. But you know what's going to change you and why you need to be in church when the doors are open? Online folks, you too. You know why you need to be in church every time the doors are open? Because of his presence. And I've been saying to people lately, you know, reality is the teaching's good, the worship's good. We're tithing, we're in covenant, we got all the stuff church offers going on. But the most important thing, the most number one reason why you need to be in church and bring your friends to church is because Jesus' presence changes your life for the better. Fruit comes when the sun shows up. Amen? You can't grow a fruit tree with no sunshine. And you can't grow a Christian without the sunshine. S-O-N. It's so vitally important that we recognize the need in our lives for Jesus' presence. That's why I was 45 minutes reading the Bible this morning before I came in. Not because I was preaching, because I was enjoying the presence of God so much. I didn't want to come out of it. And whether you're praying in tongues, a prayer repetition, you're praying, whatever you're doing, you're, you're enjoying the presence of God. And when you come to church, what do you get? You get the corporate presence of God. The magnified presence of God. The prayer of agreement. Prayers of faith and operation. You get people, people agreeing with you for your need to be met. 
We get corporate worship. We get presence. And that's why it's so important. I'll say it again. When you have someone who's going through a challenge, a family member, someone at work, that you just get that courage built up and you say, you know what? Been there, seen it, done it, wrote the book. But let me tell you what helped me. Amen? There's a fellow taught us this one time, be the master asker. You should write this down. Be the master asker. He says, here's the deal. If you ask someone and they say no, you haven't lost a thing. You haven't gained, haven't lost. But if they say yes, you could gain a brother. You could gain a friend. You could gain hope in a hopeless person's life. And it's so important we look at this and say how important it is for you and I. Amen? We are to be hope to people feeling hopeless. We are to teach faith to those that overcomes people's fears. We are to show love to those people feeling unloved. Amen? When you're around people, here's, here's, here's what I've seen happen a lot of times. When you're around people who are talking about their challenges, this is going to be hard for you. Don't sympathize with them. Don't agree with them. Look for your opportunity to talk about Jesus to them. And how do you do that? Let me tell you how you do that. You have part of your life story ready to tell them how Jesus helped you. You don't preach at them. You don't do John 3.16 to them. You say, you know what? I was going through something like that a few years back. You know, it was sickness, you know. I, was, I always go back to well, in 2011. I almost left this planet. I was so sick. But it wasn't for Jesus. He gave me my miracle. I wouldn't be here today. Really? Yeah, you should come to church and let us pray for you. The marriage, family. You know, you might have a good marriage, but there's not one marriage that hasn't gone through a challenging time in all the years of marriage. Come on now. Can we be real? You got a story. You got a story. Children, we got a story. Amen. Finances, boy, do we have a story. Who hasn't had some financial challenges in their whole life and needed Jesus to bring them out? Every prayer request, every need of every person you'll ever face, ever talk to, will come out in three categories. Family, marriage, finances, and health. You should have a story ready of one of those categories where Jesus helped you. So you can tell them how Jesus helped you and he helped them. Get your three stories ready. You'll have opportunities to share those three stories of your testimony. And then have an invite ready to tell you can need to come to my church. We'll pray with you. We'll help you. I'll even tell you this. Tell them, you come to my church, you'll get healed. So people get healed every week here. Just tell them. Put the pressure on God, not you. Not on the pastors. Don't tell us you told them that. But you tell them, you come to church, you'll get healed. Put all the pressure on the anointing. Amen? Hope you're enjoying this. This is how we finish strong. This is how we're going to finish strong this year. You're going to finish strong this year. 
Because all the things you need, all the blessings you need are going to come by obeying God. By just doing these simple tasks that God wants for you to do. And He'll take care of everything else you're going through. Amen? Praise the Lord. And hands over to Pastor Brian to close in a couple minutes. But if you're here today, if you're online, if you're on the rewatch, and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's so important that you make that choice today. It all starts with salvation. It all starts with being born again. We have a prayer coming up on the screen. You need Jesus. Jesus is the answer to everything. He says, yeah, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one gets to heaven except through me. Jesus is the source. The source of light, the source of strength, the source of healing, the source of provision. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Savior of the world. Hope of all the world. But you need him in your life personally, and you have to ask him to come in, just like those two young fellows did in New Liskert. I said to him, they said, they said, well, well, we, we've been in this type of church all our life. I said, yep. And you believe everything I'm telling you. The only thing you haven't done is made the choice to make Jesus your Savior. You haven't asked him. Why don't you ask him? Okay. There's a lot of people believe everything we talk about. They just never made the choice to ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. If you're that person, say this prayer with me. Let's all say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. Well, let's say it together. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me learn about you and grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for receiving me. Amen. So you say a prayer like that, and then I have the honor because you've said that prayer. Jesus says, Mike, who you forgive is forgiven. I have the honor of saying to you online on the rewatch or in person here, if you have said that prayer, you are forgiven. You were born again. Jesus has come into your life. He's about to change things for the better. Amen? Isn't it great to be a Christian? Actually, we can say that. Isn't it powerful? Amen?